It is always the darkest before the dawning of the light. Welcome to episode 40 of Against the Shift. I'm Matt, here with Joe today. Say hi to the folks, Joe. Hi. Hi, buddy. How you doing today? Are you okay? Are you, are you mentally and physically you all right? I'm doing good. It's, a, it's an odd feeling today. Um, it's, it's weird. Uh, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a mood. Uh, we're of course talking about, uh, the NHL trade deadline that has just passed, uh, where the New York Rangers, uh, were the sellers of the market and probably the biggest sellers maybe they've ever been at the trade deadline. I wouldn't even call them sellers. I think they were like, they were like, uh, they were like whores. Like they were just like, you know, saying, Hey, I, you know. I'll give you a blowjob, and I'll give you a blowjob, and I'll give you sex. But they were expensive whores. Yes. They were high-class escorts. Hey, listen. If sometimes everybody has to be that whore to do what they got to do. It's true. You know? They, they have to pay the bills, and that's what they did. So let's let's uh, let's really break this down. This is going to be a significant portion of the first half of our show because it's something that doesn't happen very often, especially doesn't happen a lot in New York. And uh, the Rangers made a choice a couple weeks ago. When they sent a letter to their fans mm-hmm. saying that you're going to see a lot of familiar faces gone. And we understand how strongly the fans feel. I mean, this is, you know, there there are guys, I and mean, Jeff Gordon said this today, there are guys that have played 100 playoff games that are now not on the team. And when you spend, you know, watching the team that they've had in the in the spring and, and hopefully, you know, into right before the summer starts, you, you develop a bond with players because you, you watch so much more of them and you watch how they really play and how they really are. And it uh it makes it that much harder when they go when they leave. Well, I mean, listen, you guys got rid of a lot of guys. Matt, you sent me a picture yesterday, uh, I think yesterday, and it had a picture of the 2014 uh, Stanley Cup championship team. And you said under the picture there are seven guys left on this roster. That's before. And that was before the they went on the spree. Yeah. So you could you 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 were gradually seeing how the team was diminishing from year to year and. Today, uh, yesterday, I think was the final was the final nail in the coffin, and they're finally, which I've, you know, told you. And listen, I'm not going to be the I'm not the one to tell you that I'm a hockey expert. Or I should be a hockey analyst, but I thought that they should have done this last year because I didn't think that they had a good enough team to win. But at least they aren't going to settle in mediocrity for five more years and try to band aid what was the issue. And now they're at least. They got a lot of good talent back for a lot of these guys that they traded. Yeah, so let's um let's start to dig in a little bit to what actually happened over the last week. Yeah, you have or to start so with the biggest games. trade, the McDonough and Mailer going. You want to start with the most? All right, let's, so we'll start with the most recent one. So, uh, right at three o'clock yesterday, right before the clock struck three, the Rangers got a deal done with Tampa Bay Lightning to to send both defenseman Ryan McDonough and forward JT Miller to. Probably the best team in the East now, and that's Tampa Bay, in exchange for a plethora, plethora of players. Notably, basically, if you look at it, uh, Vladimir Nemestikov is obviously the biggest name they got. He'll really take the place of JT Miller. Trying to stay unbiased as I can, I do think Nemestikov is an overall better player than Miller, so that's good if you look at it like that. Um, They also did get a first-round pick, and a conditional second-round pick. Now, I've never heard of this. I don't know if you know what happens with the second-round pick I here. see conditional pick in 2019. Is that the, does that depend on how well Tampa Bay does in 2019? So if they, if Tampa Bay wins the Stanley Cup this year or next year, that becomes a first-round pick in 2019. That's Okay, that makes sense. That's kind of like in football, someone gets a conditional pick. If you were in basketball, like if you uh, – if a team, if the Cavalier, like I know the Nets had the Cavaliers pick, or the Cavaliers had the Nets pick. Yeah. So if the Cav, if the Nets were one of the three worst, worst teams. teams in basketball, right. 
Cleveland didn't get that pick or something like that. The way right. It, that's the way it worked. So, but that's kind of like that's kind of along the same lines as this. What's going on here? So, so I, I get that. So another big name. They did get another defenseman in in the deal as well. But um, Libor Hajek. Yes, and then also forward Brett Howden, which is having he's having a monster year in the West in the Western Hockey League WHL. I don't want to correct you, sir, but it says that Brett Howden is listed as a center here. Oh, I have him as a forward. I think he's a forward. Okay. So I think that's yeah. actually wrong. Whatever you're looking at. Sports Illustrated. Well, I think I think I'm pretty sure he's a he. Actually, I don't know. Maybe he's one of those guys that plays both positions. Okay. We don't know enough about him yet, I think. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of days before that whole thing happened, we're, we're going to culminate this afterwards. But okay. Let's just run through what happened. And then a couple of days before that, you had Rick Nash go um, to Boston uh, in exchange for another kind of package of players here. Let me make sure I have it specifically what they got for him. Um, this is only yesterday's. Do you have up? Do you have up uh, what the Nash trade was specifically? Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh no, the the page literally just crapped out on me. I swear to God. So Nash, they got a first round pick for Nash this year as well. So that means if you look at it, the Rangers have three first round picks yeah, in this year's right. draft. Yeah. Okay. And that's huge. What is supposed to be a very deep draft as well. And apparently, if they were supposed to do is in any one of these years, it's another thing to think about, right? When you when you're looking to sell like this, when you know you're going to have first round pick potential, is what does the draft look like? And apparently, this year's draft is is there's there's a couple of big big guys in the front end, but there's also a very deep first round that's supposed to be as well. So okay. fortunate, but also losing some fortuitous planning as well. I think that happened. So let's think about this really quick. The first round picks, they got one from Tampa Bay. They got another one from uh, – what did you just – what team did you just say? From Boston. Boston. Yes, okay. and they have their own. And they have their own. Which, so is, three which is going to be a lottery pick, maybe the first overall pick. So you have two – you have one pick towards the beginning of the round, and then you have two picks, which are pretty going to be pretty close to each other in the back end of the first yeah. round. Yeah. Okay? So – you kind of now what you can do, what you could play with is you could play with one of those two back end picks, and you could maybe jump to the middle if you want to get somebody. Or you could get another. You get you could get a, a nice player that 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 uh, supplements you. Um, but it's the definitely one thing, possible. The one thing. So to the average fan, let's try to let's try to you know uh, migrate to the average fan for a second, like myself. Um, how many of these guys that they got are NHL ready by next year? The guys that are prospects. Are any, are, are, you, you mentioned the guy before um, that they got. Are, I mean, are these guys – are we talking 2018, 2019 NHL ready? Uh, I think I, – I don't, I don't think so on the really end. I mean, we do have Izzy with us today um, who is um, stress-eating over the Rangers as well. <laughs> <laughs> Currently plowing down some McDonald's in my face. But um, is what, in your opinion, what do you think the, the ready now player you think for the, for the you know, prospects that they got? I think it's – honestly, I think it's just the one. And that would be the Ruski. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, it's it's funny because you we always want it to happen sooner rather than later. But if they aren't gonna be ready for two years from now, it's it's you, you're gonna see you're gonna see waves I think happening right because the the first round picks let remember they had a first that two they had two first round picks after the deal with Stepan leading up to this year's past year's draft right and neither one of them has played really any games at the NHL level considerable time so you had Heedle in the back end of the first round and Lias Anderson who was seventh overall okay. neither one played so those guys I think you're going to see play next year at this level if they get one or two of, the other, of these other prospects in the game as well that's a bonus but there's really time for development now because they are in full rebuild mode there really is no massive rush unless some things happen that are unforeseen where things are just ahead of the curve okay 
Now, how now how long of a rebuild are we talking? Are we talking two years? Are we talking a year and a half? Are we talking three years? What I mean, what should Ranger fans expect? Like, how long are they supposed to endure what they're enduring right now? It's a tough question because there's a lot of factors that go into that. One, they're probably going to buy out Stahl's contract this year. So he, done. Done right, so. and that should that. And what happens with Shattenkirk now? Because that I think that's a that, that's a big thing. Because Shattenkirk's an older guy, right? Uh, he's yeah, he's been, he's in his prime right now. I would. say. I mean, he's but by 30. the time that they get these guys ready, will he be out of his prime? So is that contract now kind of? I don't want to say pointless, but like let's just let's take it one step at a time. So the first thing is how long is the rebuild process going to take? Too early to tell that because one, I'm not sure they're done rebuilding. They might they have other pieces they could possibly move. Especially as you get closer to the draft as well. Let's okay. see what happens there. Now, if they really want another one of these mid-round picks, like your like mid-round picks, or even higher than that, they have other assets they can trade for someone's pick too. I mean, they I mean you you need a cap thing, you need this and that. But they 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 didn't move Zuccarello. Uh, they have Shattenkirk's contract, although who knows what's going to happen with him. Okay. So they have other pieces that can get moved as they still well. Still have Chris Kreider, who's hurt. They still right have now. Kreider right now. Well, Kreider's back. He actually just came back. Okay. But so yeah, you have other assets you can trade. Again, but you want to keep some semblance of a core. Well, you do. Yeah. I guess you do, but you're gonna have a new core. This is what this is what this is really about. Yeah. But um, additionally, you don't know what's gonna happen in the free agency classes here because they're gonna have a shit ton of money to spend, and you just don't know what's gonna happen. You have big big names out of UFAs this year. John Tavares. Tavares hasn't signed yet. <laughs> I know it's like never, never, never. But you know what? If you would if if we were live right now, you'd see Izzy's face like his smile just went like one eight. It's like. We said before the season started that if John Tavares did not sign before the trade alone, right? Is that, is yeah, that, yeah. That he was not going to stay with the Islanders. I see no – I don't see a difference between the situation now and the situation after the season. I just don't. So if you're, going, if you're based on the tea leaves right now, I say no. He's going to test free agency because – you know what? There's a couple of things that happened this year that we've How never – How do you let a guy like that test free agency? How does that happen? Well, listen, though. No. You're moving into a new stadium in two years. And this is a place he wanted to be as well. He Jesus wanted to go back Christ. home. Jesus But – you never, we never would have thought that, not never, but you didn't think that the Rangers are going to be the point they are right now, where they're complete, just rebuilding, no, right? I think they're the biggest shot. That's never going to happen, yeah. right? And then what else is going to happen? The Vegas Golden Knights are never going to be as good as they are the first year in the league. Forty-one and sixteen. You know, <laughs> so stuff that doesn't really happen very much course, has yeah, happened. You, you, that's true. You don't know what's going to happen. And there's a, there's a bunch of other pieces out there, so. To answer your question, I, I think it will not be – I don't think it will be anywhere near a four- or five-year rebuild. Okay. I would be surprised if they go more than two years without being real contenders again, in my opinion. But that's really me doing a real educated guess at this point because there's so many factors that go into it. All right. Now, I'm going to bring something up, all right? And we talked about this before the show started, and we'll yeah. talk about it again. let's talk about it. Because I think it warrants a conversation. And I am – but I'm, let me state this by saying – this first. I am not in any way, shape, or form, as much as you might think I am, I am not a hockey hater, and I am not a ranger hater. But on this subject, if you're in full rebuild mode, okay, and I understand he has a no he has a no trade uh no clause. trade clause. How in the world do you not I guess I don't even think they put him on the table. I don't even think they made him available. I just I it, I mean, that's what it seems like. You didn't hear rumors about it. You heard nothing all day about Lundqvist being moved. Well, no, they decided before yesterday it wasn't happening. Well, now that's my that's that's I have an issue with that because you're in full rebuild mode. 
And you have a guy who, as you said before, is still one of the top 10 goalies in hockey at 37 years old. We're talking about 16 playoff teams. 16. And if he's a top 10 goalie, that means he's better than at least six of the fucking goalies that are still in the playoff hunt. So why would, A, why would the Rangers not float him out there to playoff contenders when they could get pieces back? And two, why are these teams not even, not, why would they not want to inquire about an all-time great goalie who might be a missing piece to get them over the hump? I am not of the sort where someone's like, oh, I don't want to win a championship. I want to build a dynasty. Fuck you. You're an idiot. The goal is to win one championship and take it a year at a time. The dynasties happen once every 30 years, okay? The New England Patriots are an aberration. The 1970s Islanders, to quote a hockey but, reference, are an aberration. They haven't been that good in, th- in 40 fucking years. But there's a couple of things, Joey. I understand you detached from the sport a little bit, so you have to understand a couple of things. One, he didn't want to move. So if you gave if you gave him a situation where it's like, but Joe, you can't force the guy to move. That's the whole point of a no trade clause. So you can tell him. We could say it could it could very well have been possible that they could have said, Hank, we want you to move. We understand. We appreciate everything you've done. We'll be devastated if you move, but we need you to move. Give us a list of teams. And he could have said, I'll only go to these three spots. And they said, there's no way we want anything back from those three teams. You do not trade that kind of an all-time commodity unless you're going to get all-time commodity back. Right? You know what? Then here's what I'll say about that. And, th- and I, you know, you might hate me for saying this, but if he really, really wanted to win and winning was that important to him, then he'd say, okay, I'll go to a team that, that wants to win. If winning was that important but to him. But the team that – the team he's I don't want to move. Give me a fucking break. But what team – Kent, what team is a real contender? You're saying 16 teams make the playoffs. It doesn't mean 16 teams have equal odds of making a championship run. So if you're at his stage in his career, you're only going to go to the top, top echelon guys who really have a chance at bringing home a cup, right? Uh, okay. True. I'll give you that. But there are still teams that are in the top or echelon, right, that are – that have that he's better than the goalies that they currently have. You have to understand something too. The other thing is he has a massive, massive cap hit, right? The teams, even if you're saying the team has a good goalie, but they want to they wanna get a Lundquist because it brings them over the edge, that's fine. It's not fucking baseball. It's certainly not football, and it's not basketball. The cap is hard as shit. You cannot go over the cap. And the max retention from a salary is 50% in hockey. That's it. Okay. And he's under contract not only this year but in years Past this as well, so you have to say if you want Lundqvist, then then you're gonna you have to take some of our current pieces now. We're gonna have to dump salary on you, and that might not be something the Rangers want to do anyway. You know what I'm saying? So he has such a big cap hit, even with 50 percent, that they have to move pieces they have on the roster currently. I get you. I get what you're saying, but if these teams are as good as we're talking about, then they have depth. And they're and they're and they and they can do that. But how do you know moving those death pieces who have some point are going to keep them over the edge? I mean, you look at Lundqvist right now. Lundqvist had some of the best teams in hockey the last five years. They couldn't get anything done. You know, well, so is that an indictment on him or is it an indictment on the team? It's he is covered up for more shit on this team for the last decade. Like an Aaron Rodgers type. Yes. Yes, it's the best analogy. You're Robin, 100 right. The best analogy is a quarterback that's on a shit team, and the only thing making them good is is the quarterback. That's all my only point is, you know, it's it's very, very complicated when you have a a, a, a guy of Lundqvist's caliber and salary especially. I point. understand where you're coming from. The only reason I, I, I get so irritated about something like this is because we're talking about an all-time great hockey player in general, 
right? An all-time great goalie. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame after his career is over, like everything, right? And you would think, like, I mean, this is me. Like, you would think that he wants to win a title before he retires. And this might be I'm his with you. best chance. I'm with you. And if I'm he's with you, I'm really with you. saying, hey, I don't want to leave New York, and I'm okay that we're going to lose five out of every six games for the rest of the season, and probably next year we're not going to be very competitive because we're still rebuilding. So, <coughs> you know, how does that – that would rub me the wrong way if I was another team looking at him. And being like, okay, well, if I want this guy, what? how does it make me feel that he didn't want to go to a contender when he had the opportunity to? And he wanted to stay in New York and lose and build, and, and, start, and start anew with a bunch of kids. The one team, the one team, I'll give you this, the one team that it would have made, in my opinion, the most sense. Because a lot of their core is younger, although they do have some older guys as well, so I can't even say that. Is like a Toronto. Who goalies in Toronto are revered just like shortstop for the New York Yankees. Okay. It's, it's the position in sports, right? It's one of the positions in sports. Or goalie for the actually goalie for the Montreal Canadiens. But I'll give you Toronto as well. But I'm looking at their roster now. They have a bunch of guys with big it's just it's so complicated of a move to really get value for something like that. If you're gonna move him with what he's done, for, I understand what you're saying, but the other side of it is, if you're going to move him, you want to make sure you're not going to get hosed on a deal. And they can't just take, you know, I mean, if they just take somebody that's underperforming and they say, yeah, we'll eat the salary and we want top prospects here and there, I, I don't, I just don't think it's enough for 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 what you give up for Hank. I don't. Izzy, what do you think? Am I am I totally crazy? I don't right think you're crazy, but go ahead. Um. <laughs> You're a little crazy. <laughs> it's a little crazy. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because he has no trade, you know? It's like, what do you do with a guy with no trade? I mean, just look what they did with Melo, you know, the next. You know, it's like they wanted him gone. He kind of didn't want to go, but then he obviously did want to go because he left. Yeah. And it's like I, like, I don't know how to read it. It's weird. Like, me personally, as a Ranger fan, I want Hank to stay. You know, but don't you, as a Ranger fan, don't you want him to win somewhere I else? Do if they can't, if they, I do want him to win. I do, right? But like, if you tell me I want Hank to also leave, no, I don't want him to leave. And I don't think the I don't think the rebuild is you know more than three seasons away. And Lundqvist, you know, he ages like Brady. You know, he still looks great. He's, He's gonna be great. forty He's years old by the time that you're saying that they might be good again. Martin Brodeur, Brodeur won a cup at forty. I'm, I'm not saying he's Brodeur. I'm Patrick Waugh won a cup at forty. Yeah, I'm not saying he's any of the, and but I'm just saying Lundqvist, you know, he's. But those guys won cups before they hit 40. Am I correct? They, they did, but Lundqvist won his first type of athlete. Lundqvist doesn't. He's not. He's he's gonna be 40 in three years. But what does that mean he, though? Yeah, like they won cups before that. At that, what does that mean? So they know how to win. Lundqvist doesn't know how to win. He's never gotten over the hump. It's not because of him. It's though. it's because of Henrik Lundqvist. You watch Rangers. You watch Rangers games like we. This do. is where your expertise stops. <laughs> no, it's not even expertise. It's just. Coming from a fan's perspective. And like, as a fan's perspective, we can easily tell you it has nothing to do with him and why we haven't won. The Rangers have never had that guy who just came in and just took over, scored the shit out of a playoff series. That was supposed to be Rick Nash. It, it was supposed to be Rick Nash. Nash. It was supposed to be Marion Gabbert. It was supposed to be Gabbert. It was supposed to be Gomez. I want to see you. Go, go, keep going. Eric Stahl. Eric, it's, exactly. Go ahead. And now look at the year Eric Stahl's oh, happening right now. No, your point is valid. It's not that it's not valid. It's one hundred percent valid, but it's a very, very complicated transaction. They've never before. had that guy who just took over offensively. You also have to remember, and carry them. It's not. I am ninety percent sure he stays. 
because of what he said, what Dave said. But it's not guaranteed that because the trade deadline passed in 2018 and they are in the middle of this thing, that they are, one, done with this whole thing, and two, that he doesn't move. It's still potentially possible. But if you go out, to, if you if you go absolutely, if you look at this thing, you look at this process from a Ranger perspective, right? And you try to balance this out, the best possible result for the Rangers, right? 60% of what they got in return pans out. They hit the draft pretty well, okay. right? These guys come out and they're, they're Nico Sheer level, maybe one or two of them, and they're NHL ready, okay? You go out in the offseason, you sign a big guy. You sign a John Tavares. You do it, whatever, fine. All of a sudden, it's not – you're right back here with, with a piece or two away again because with hockey, you get a franchise player, anything's possible. So I'm saying there is – there is he's not 40. He's 37. There's still room maybe, but your point is well taken. I understand what you're saying, Paul. Definitely, yeah. I think if we were in a debate, I would have won. But what does Why do you, are you – that's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so let's, um, let's highlight – well, since we're still on topic of hockey, let's highlight a couple of other moves. I think another big move uh, was Paul Stasny going from St. Louis to Winnipeg. It's a huge move. Uh, for Eric Foley, a conditional pick in the 2018 draft and the 2020 draft. Um, what are your thoughts about the Paul Stasny move going to Winnipeg? Uh, it's a huge move because there's a big stigma in hockey, especially going on, that there's certain teams that just wouldn't attract big players, right, and big big uh, trades, big free agents. And one of those teams is Winnipeg. Okay. And it just shows you that if you have talent and if you have the right situation, people are going to go play there. And Stasny is a good player. I am in the minority here. I honestly think Paul Stasny is a little overrated. Okay. But I do think, though, he's a name, and he's definitely a piece that the Jets needed. Uh, right now, they are 37-16. 37-16 and 9. They're second place in the Central, uh, and they're, they're playing really, really well. And that's a huge piece. It's a really huge piece. Another huge piece was Evander Kane going to San Jose. That's, I, that's another huge piece for our Western Conference team. That they are a big, big bruising team now. It, before him, they were, but they, they they've gotten even bigger, I think, with him. And like he brings a dynamic to a playoff series that you just need. And I think, it's, frankly, it was something they were lacking. Well, let me ask you something about that trade. Actually, do you think that Buffalo got enough back in that trade? A couple things. I'm looking at what they got back and. You know, conditional picks are weird. Like definitely. Like they're not what you want in a trade. You want a guarantee. You want a first round pick. You want a second yeah. round pick. But you get a conditional pick. You're like, eh. Like it could work out. It could also fail. Definitely. So I don't know if you uh, you're not shooting for conditional picks. So are we? Are we talk- Did Buffalo lose this trade? I th- I think they. I I honestly think they got they got a, they they were the losers of the trade. Because I think uh, Vander Kane, but Vander Kane has that good. He's not. He also has a huge salary hit in in hockey. I mean, he's got like a five and a half million dollar cap hit for hockey. That's a lot of money. Okay. You know, uh, he's had he's he's been very very flaky in his career with how he performs. He can be very good, and I think if you get him in a meaningful playoff series, is he definitely has the potential to be a difference maker, not just on the scoreboard, but as an enforcer too. The guy just he flies, and he's a big dude. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I mean, it just, I don't know. Maybe I'm bringing it up because I think, I feel like Buffalo just does everything wrong when it comes to <laughs> hockey. So like, yeah. I, you know, every time you think Buffalo is going to take a step forward, they take two steps backwards. So it's true. Um, really another big true. trade, uh, look, listen, let's, uh, even though Rob is not with, Rob is not with us. He's still currently in the road. I believe he's in Seattle right now. He's in Seattle. Yes. Um, 
So hit him up. Uh, let's talk about his doubles really quick. They made probably one of the bigger moves on trade deadline day too. They got a deal. They got a uh, Tomas Tatar. Uh, uh, not that's that's the no, Vegas no. move. I'm yes. sorry. I apologize. I'm looking at the wrong team. Joe loves hockey. I do. I do love <laughs> hockey. I do love hockey. I love hockey. Hockey. Would so you like me to help you out? Yes. The I'm, Devils I, uh, traded with the Rangers for the first time. That's ever. right. That's what the one I was looking and for. And traded yeah. Michael Grabner. Yeah. And the Rangers got a second round pick in that deal as well. See, but at least the Rangers got a valid. Fucking yes. draft pick in that move. Yes, they also they also did they get a they get a prospect in that trade as well, didn't they? I believe so. Yes, I I don't forgot the name, but they did get a prospect in that trade. Izzy, what do you think about the Michael Grabner move for the Devils? Do you think it actually does it is it enough for them to? I don't think it's enough. No way. But like, do we take them seriously in the Eastern Conference playoff picture? No, the, the East is too good at the top. Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh are the teams. No, that you got to get through. I don't think. I think Boston's I think, up there too now. Boston. Oh yeah, actually, I should have mentioned them too. I still think Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh are the two best teams in the East. Um, the Devils definitely got better with Grabner because Grabner is a just such good, an underappreciated the, player. The guy on the power play kill, it's like you dream for that a guy like that. Yes. Now he kill. doesn't. So there are diff, there are conflicting views about Michael Grabner. One is that his numbers are inflated because he has empty net the goals. Mo, empty net goals and the most disproportionate amount of shorthanded goals of anyone in hockey. He scores a shit ton of shorthanded goals. And that's why I love the guy. Honestly. And he doesn't pa- play on the power play. Yeah. So, but he kills penalties. Okay. He's fast as fuck. And he scores 25 goals a, g- a year the last two years. So, I mean, he's another guy who ages really well. Like He's he in tremendous well. shape. Hey, listen. So, that's not the only made they move, though. They also got uh, Patrick Maroon. That's true. It's, it's a small idea, but it's a nice piece. Yeah. It's a nice piece. They really – listen, they are doing their part to stay relevant in the East. I will say this. For the for those of you like like you who think that maybe this might be a little bit of a longer rebuild for the Rangers, remember, the Devils started this rebuild process – did really a process, what, two years ago when they really were this bad when they started to rebuild, rebuild? Yeah, three seasons. It yeah, was, three this, seasons. Is the, this is the third season. Devils. Yes, mm-hmm. and they are really – they're relevant again. They are right in the mix. Okay. So of disappointment, Edmonton. Oh, my God. Every year, it's it's like – it's it's so sad because they have probably the best young player in hockey. Yeah. Drysidle is as good as it gets from a score perspective, and they can't figure it out. Yeah. Like, you, I don't you know what it is. You thought that's a Talbot's that guy. You got McDavid, and it's just – We talked about it before the team started. We did a special about them. And we said they were going to be a bunch of thoroughbreds. They were going to be the leaders in the West. You would think it was going to go through them. Yeah, they were fast. They were physical. Talbot was it was his team, and you just can't predict anything in hockey. No, it but it it, it makes you think like what where does it and that, I think that's a bigger question. Where does where does it the, end with them? No, not even that. Where does the buck stop? Like is is changing a coach enough? Do you have to get rid of pieces? Like for a team that has a core already, like what do you do at that point? Like where do you go? Like you think you have all the answers already for that team. Like, okay, we got the guy. Like you mentioned, the franchise guy. We got one of those, right? We got a goalie who's, we think, and who most of the, uh, you know, according to what you guys think, is a pretty damn good goalie, Definitely. right? Yeah. And, you know, you have a great year last year. You make the playoffs. You know, you have a, you know, a huge bounce back from the year before and previous years because they were terrible. And they go into this season thinking that we think and that on our show that they're going to be one of the top five teams in hockey all year long. And it, it seems like they can't fucking string three wins together in a row. It's like impossible. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it makes you wonder 
what type of team chem- – whenever some, whenever there's a team – I think opinion, I think you're right. I think part of it is just bad chemistry. When, whenever, in my opinion, whenever there's a team that's supposed to be good that is not good and they fail and they're really, really poor, to me, it comes down to team chemistry and the guys just genuinely – Coaching, maybe coaching. Coaching, I think – coaching only does so much. I And, and I think that that's in all sports. You know, I, I hate to mention my father when it comes to this show. But he says something about coaches that it, – it's honestly true. Coaches, in my opinion, can never win you a game, but they could always lose you a game. And he always said that to me. Coaches are there to motivate, and they're there to make you make sure that you play your hardest. Yeah. But damn yourself that they could do things and they can make substitutions that mind, that make you go crazy and could be the reason that you lose games. I mean you tell – you say it with – you were saying with uh, Vigneault at the beginning of the season all year long, he was playing the wrong guys. He was sitting too long. He was getting too much ice time. And they, you know, and now look where they are. And you know, you have to think that it's maybe a combination of those two things. But you know, I'm going off in a little bit of a tangent. So no, no. So just to turn around a little bit, that's somebody that we thought was going to be at the top of the Western Conference. The team at the top of the Western Conference, the Vegas Golden Knights, who have been there all season long. Yeah. Who. I think it was Rob that said this, and or somebody else too. A bunch of experts I I've listened to have said, if they somehow managed to be good, because of the way the expansion draft worked and how many picks and young players they stockpiled, they can easily flip those guys into players that they need for a stretch run. I mean, they didn't go out and get a huge thing. They got Ryan Reeves at the deadline, who was a big, big bruising guy. Who's you know will we'll score you some points now and then, but he's the kind of guy you want your team come playoff time. I think definitely. And what they were able to do to get him was gain a fourth-round pick as well as him. And because of how young their team is and how they were structured so well, they actually ate some of Derek Broussard's contract to get him there so they can get a pick with it as well, I guess, at the fourth-round yeah. pick. So they're one of those teams, I think, that has the potential to keep being there because they can keep doing things like this. So they, almost got, uh, they also got Tomas Tatar from Detroit. Um for their first round pick in next year's draft. So they, I love that move for them. So do you really? It's a yeah. huge Tatar is a skilled, skilled, skilled player. This guy is like a typical Detroit Red Wings. Yes. Skilled so forward. True. Like that is a great signing. I'm I'm not surprised Detroit gave him up, but you know this is a this is it's a weird time for Detroit right now. You know, for a team that just went on, you know, the first non playoff. To for, to not make the playoffs for the first time in over two decades last season, it's a weird. It's another one of those. You know, they're in a new arena, but but you know but, they got a first round pick. They got a first round got, pick. They yeah. got a second round pick, and they got a third round pick in twenty twenty. So I think they have to make years. the deal, but I mean that that's that might be the that might be the sleep. It's another one of these move. And, it really is. It really, it's another one of those deals where, um, you look at it's another it's another franchise that isn't really used to the rebuild. And they're sort of headed down that path. And another team, you know. And listen, I wasn't going to go here because I thought we had gotten past the Rangers. And I, <laughs> I, I didn't have to bring up the name, but I will. You have to do what's what say say. You have to give credit where credit is due. And um, it, it it was the right time to do this. It looks like they they finally pulled the trigger and they did this like a band aid. And do you know whose idea it was to do this? <laughs> to trade all these guys. Who said we need to rebuild? We need to do this, and we need to do this now. Uh, please enlighten me. James Dolan. <laughs> James Dolan came Can down. I quit the show. James forever? Dolan. That's the last thing I want to hear. You want to hear the funniest thing I heard about James <laughs> Dolan when it comes to the Rangers? I fucking hate the that closest man. he's come to the ice is the ice in his drink. <laughs> <laughs> 
he get he went down to Jeff Gordon and said, you know, I'm sure in a very Jim Dolan way, but he went down and he said, oh I'm tired God. of just making the playoffs. Oh my I'm God. tired of not bringing it at home. Uh, we need to we need to restart. We need to we want to do it like other teams have done it. We want to build through prospects and picks. And so far, they've done that. Listen, you don't know what's going to happen with these picks. You don't know what's going to happen with the majority of these prospects. But the process is in motion, and it's there. At least the starting point is as good as it's going to get at the moment. Now, they didn't get the top prospect from Boston. They didn't get the top prospect from Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. But you, that's why they're prospects. You just don't know what's going to happen. They obviously saw some peep things in these people that they got, and now it's just a waiting game. Yeah, listen, when you make a trade for prospects – there's a reason that teams get the prospects they get. It's because they watch tape on them, they look at the reports, the scouting reports, and they like what they see. Yep. And they think that they could fit the the mold that they're trying to make. So it's not that they just took these guys because they looked at a piece of paper and they're like, oh, he was the fourth-ranked prospect. He sounds like a good idea. Yeah. No. They'd rather take the eighth prospect if he fits their system better exactly. than the fourth it's, prospect. It's so true. So, and, that, and that's true throughout sports. Yeah. That's not just through in hockey. Absolutely. One um, thing. Sorry. Go ahead. It's, no, what are you going to say? Yeah. All right, yeah. Um, I'm also honestly more optimistic about the draft picks they got just because I've you guys touched on it before about it was supposed to be a really good uh, – Yes, depth draft, yeah. Depth draft right now. And, I mean, I love Barry, uh, Barry Melrose, and he – I've heard him for the last few months talk about how deep this draft is going to be. So I'm actually – I've more, heard guys that even don't like the Rangers say yeah. this is a good draft. So I actually um, – I actually – I'm more optimistic on the draft picks than the top prospects right now. The one other thing to note so far is that um, – the Washington Capitals, who are always in the mix as one of the best teams in the East. Right now, they're second in the Metro. Uh, so are going to be in the playoffs right there. You but just stole my thunder. Always, I'm sorry. I, no, I was because I, I was going to ask you if the, what was if, what team did you think did that? You know, that, that surprised you that did nothing in this. That surprised game. me the most that they yeah. did nothing because they have. I think they have a glaring hole on defense, and they did nothing. And it very, very much surprised me. Now, they, they've pulled the trigger in years past, and it hasn't really worked out. So maybe they were afraid to do anything. I, I don't know. But it definitely was the biggest surprise to me. They did nothing. Okay. So let me let me ask you the flip side. What is, is there a team that you think either gave up too much that they didn't have to or if there was a team that really, like, was like, wow, I can't believe they actually pulled that made, made that trade? Like, is there a team that you think, like, went too, like, too far? Too far? Um, I mean – Tomas Tatar is a is a nice is a very good player. He's a very very good player. I mean, the Golden Knights gave up three picks for him, including this year's first round pick and next year's second round pick. But that is an Islanders pick. That's not. That's true. Pick. I know. I, I understand. But still, it's three three higher picks for him is a lot. So I, I I don't know. I'm not sure anybody really vastly vastly overpaid this draft. I mean, I'll say one thing uh, just to answer that a little. I don't think the Rangers need to trade McDonough. For their rebuild, honestly, like I, I like I like what they got back, obviously, but I don't think they needed to trade. They needed to trade him. I'm not sure they needed to either, but it might have been something that Tampa Bay came and said, "This is if you want to make it work, we yeah. need." We I understand need why they did it, but I definitely, I mean, a guy like McDonald, he's still young. He's you know he's, he's the captain for a reason, and um, I just don't. It was a it's a tricky situation because there was uh, this added pressure on him because he was the captain. And, yes, you know, you always he, he didn't really play like. You know, I think he's gonna play, he's gonna show who he really is in Tampa Bay because he's not gonna have the C on his chest. And I, I get it. It's weird. What do the Rangers take the C off his chest, but then yeah. keep him happy at home? Uh, it's true. It's it's a little. It's tricky, a weird situation. But I honestly don't think they need to trade Mac to to do this rebuild. Honestly, but I I will say this. I think the biggest winners right now, uh, the Predators are right back there as as the head of the um 
of the West. Central Division. No, the head of the West is, is Vegas, is Vegas yeah. right? But if you look at the way the playoffs are going to pan out, um, with the format, the way it's yeah. set up right now, uh, I honestly think the biggest winner, even though I think he's a little overrated, like I said, the Winnipeg Jets, because the Western Conference playoffs are always notorious for being a little bit open, and you never really quite know what's going to pan out year in and year out. I mean, look at the Predators did last year. They were, they were excellent, but they kind of came out of nowhere beginning of the season. The Vegas Golden Knights this year. The Sharks are back there. Minnesota I'm not only crazy about. So the Jets add uh, a very, very experienced veteran who has been to the playoffs a number of times on a young team like Winnipeg. And to me, it's a huge move for them. And there's going to be a lot of energy now. They're one of the like their momentum now is is, mm-hmm. is picked up massively. And if he plays well, they're going to ride him, I think, towards okay. the playoffs. So really quick, last thing uh, before we uh, we move on, I think let's. Uh, so after this, give me a team that you think that what that before the trade deadline was not in the Stanley Cup conversation. That after the trade deadline is in the Stanley Cup conversation in each conference. Like, is there a team that maybe made like an under the radar move that might you might think that, like, wow, okay, this team they didn't like make a huge splash mm-hmm. like Tampa Bay did, but yeah. we might see them because of this move take off a little bit. It's weird because they've won back to back cups, but the team to me that stands out so much is Pittsburgh. Yeah, because what they added is a really really good center in Derek Broussard, and he's going to be like their third line center. Yeah. And that, to me, if you add depth to that team with their experience and their top two guns. Yeah, but wait, I don't think that's the question Joe was asking. That w- I, 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 I didn't – no, I didn't, I didn't have them in the Stanley yeah. Cup conversation. Really? No, I didn't. I really didn't. I thought they you would don't been, think they were waiting around for the playoffs? <laughs> it's possible. They're just bored. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. they're just they're doing a Cavs thing and they're just they a little bored. They still had Kessel, Malkin, Crosby you know, before. No, absolutely. But um, if you're asking me to year by year, it's true. But I think I think before this trade, Boston, who has a lot of experience as well, got much better with Nash. And Tampa Bay, who I still think is probably the best, I think is the most complete team in hockey now. I think the two of them were much better than Pittsburgh was. I just did, I, even though it was back-to-back cups. I just did. I thought so. So in my opinion, I thought Pittsburgh actually made like the biggest, most important move for them uh, to be. That contenders. I agree with you. I think I think uh, it's like one A, one B. It's hard to Vegas and huge, Lassard huge move for Vegas too. Like as big as Mac is going to Tampa Bay. I mean, with and it like I'm not saying oh he's a defenseman. You know he's not. You know the Broussard Tatars are gonna obviously put points. Uh, on the board, and the thing with McDonough, it's like, you know, he is a defenseman. He's maybe he does contribute with the points and assists, but I mean, you're talking about two legitimate goal scorers, yes, two legitimate playmakers. So it's tough, but McDonough just makes them so deep. They already got Hedman, Stroman. It's like, well, they have they have three of the four that the Rangers had in 2014 and they head to the finals. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy to think about. But I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, not that it's like. Above and above, but I think Matt's right. I think Broussard going to Pittsburgh is the biggest, the biggest move, because they are they are on a they are the team to beat. Yeah, let's. I I know we keep. I I know I, that we're gonna end the segment, and I I think we should move on. But I I just keep looking at this stuff, and you know, there's one of the team that we didn't say them throughout this whole conversation about this trade line. That's the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. First place in the Metropolitan Division, yep. and they did not make. Did they make a single move? Uh, I don't know if they did anything of note, um, really. Not, not did they nothing. sign Oduya? Uh, oh, no, no, that was No, a, that was not Ottawa, that. I think. No, I so don't. So if they didn't make a move, right, and you watch, because like, if, if you're a Fly, I mean, listen, if you're a Philadelphia fan right now, you're pretty happy, but, it, you know, if you're a Flyer fan, 
You're looking at teams like Tampa Bay, Boston, Pittsburgh, yeah. make moves around you, but they do nothing. Uh, does that hurt them? I don't think they can compete with those teams. We're talking about a team that's in first place in the Metropolitan Division right now. They cannot compete with those teams. I, I, I think that Pittsburgh is going to just, because of the year it is, the Rangers fell so much, and the Devils the way they're at, uh, the Capitals who made no moves. The Capitals, I, I, and I just think the Pittsburghs might walk its way to, it depends who they have to play, I think, but because of their they're, talent. They're, 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 they'll sleepwalk to like the conference finals. They, they, depending on who they play, they very well might. I think so, yeah. They very well might, and that's a shame. But the Flyers, I want to give credit to them. I mean, they, like the Flyers are also nine zero and one their last ten. Yeah. So this is a this is a huge surge. They won six straight, and but and you know and nine like I said, you know they're nine zero and one. They got talented players. They've had talented players for, for seasons. Yeah, they just couldn't put it together, but yeah. they really have. Joe, I'm very proud of you. You did forty minutes of hockey. Yo, no way. I, I <laughs> forty minutes of hockey. He killed it. Listen, I can talk about it. I can do it. It's a very exciting time. Listen. And we're headed towards the spring, which is, means hockey playoffs. Oh, you, you know, know what that mean? also means? I love that you just said that. You know what that means? I'm sorry. It's good. NFL free agency. That's right. Go That's ahead. what I'm talking about. There it is. Listen. So, NFL- I, so, you, so you got on me. And us, and rightfully so, maybe because and it's fine. We can talk about it, and that's yeah. the Lundquist non-move. Okay, let's talk about a football move first before okay. we get the free agency because it concerns your team. Yes, they signed Blake Borders through twenty twenty, right? Yep. I understand what you're saying. Now we just talked about off air that if he doesn't pan out this year, he has such a humongous cap hit that I mean, if you were to pay him twenty one million dollars next year after next, they should be shot. Yeah, in. right. So let's just let me so let, let let's explain to everybody what the deal is, right? So Bortles signed a three year. Fifty-four million dollar contract extension. Extension. Yes. With Jacksonville, um, signing bonus of fifteen million, average salary of eighteen million, which is a million dollars less than what the nineteen million dollar option would have been. So he technically, if you want to, you want to talk technical terms, he took a million dollar pay cut from uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh-huh. Guaranteed twenty six five uh, at signing. Um, his first year cap hit, the twenty eighteen, is ten million. His second year and third year cap hit are twenty one and twenty three million. So, my opinion on the matter and what I think they did is I think Mr. Coughlin and Mr. Caldwell said, okay, he was good enough to play into next year, rightfully so. I still I firmly believe that, and I will defend that that I think he played well enough to win in the regular season and the playoffs that he deserved another chance to go to the next Can I just ask a question? I, I don't want to spend like crazy amounts of time on this because yeah. like I, I don't want to be on the air for two hours. But can I just, just throw something at you? Sure, hit me, baby. Even if you – I'm not saying you should just dump him in the side of the road. Yeah. Which maybe I thought you should have done before the season started. Okay. <laughs> which would have been a fair assessment. Fine. It, some of these guys you maybe could have gotten, couldn't you throw – if you package it in such a way with incentives, I don't know if some of the quarterbacks available would have taken this, but was there a way to get somebody here for a year or two and just have them win a Super Bowl, which they clearly are good enough to do around him, where it's like he is good enough. I'm not saying I – mean, I'm not even arguing that point no, with you right fine. now. Okay, that's he good. might be good enough, but you just don't know if he could take you over the hump. With some of these other guys with a team around him, you say – it's just about execution then, because this guy is good enough. Okay, well, they have that guy, Nick Foles. Listen, seriously, I, 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 Izzy, I think that you actually just kind of hit my point for me. Philadelphia just won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as a quarterback, okay? Because they had a team around him that was complete enough to win. I okay. think, I think that I'll tell you something right now. 
And Foles also lit it the fuck up in the Super Bowl. He did. And listen, to Bortles' credit, he played a really good game in Pittsburgh, and he played a he played a good game against the Patriots. Okay. I don't want to talk to you about this because I not. disagree with you. We're not. But you look at the you look at the quarterbacks that are available on the free agent market. AJ McCarron, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford. We have to talk about that too, right? And I think the GM and the and the and the coach said, "Hey, listen." And even and even Coughlin for that matter, they said, "Hey, listen." One thing that Bortles has on all these guys, including Kirk Cousins, and I'm going to get into Cousins in a second because I think he's a little bit of a different category. Age, to talk about. not even age, is that a the current team around him trusts him, they play hard for him, and they respect him as a quarterback. Because because, I don't know why, but they do probably. They do, right? So that's one thing that they think that they don't need to mess up because they think that they really believe in in Blake to get them somewhere. So I think that has a little bit more – that team chemistry has a little bit more to do with it than bringing a brand-new quarterback in with everything else. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the chemistry aspect of it, them not wanting to mess up a good thing at the moment – might have been part of it because they were a quarter of a way from making part the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, no, I'm not even saying they didn't make the right move here. No. but it's it's you have to look and say was there something else? Well, they that's, what, that's what I'm getting at. I don't think you bring up these four guys, right? You bring up AJ McCarron, right? He hasn't played two full games of football in a row to warrant even a contract, so you cross him off the list. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played in two and a half years. You cross him off and the that's list. Just, I wouldn't cross Teddy Bridgewater. I, but that but that happened. That and guy hasn't played in two seasons. I'll okay. So I understand that, right? Minnesota going into next season. Who do you think they're gonna have? Bridgewater or Keenum? No, Bridgewater's not gonna be in the team. No, he they released him. He's not gonna be in the team. That's the thing. They're gonna you're gonna they're, they're gonna gun. I'm telling you something. Minnesota is the dark horse that's gonna gun for Kirk Cousins. Let me do okay. That's a that's a great turn, Justin. We are you okay with Bortles? Yeah, I just the the only I was gonna say I don't think the quarterbacks are good enough. Okay. Outside of Cousins, Fair I don't think they wanted to spend $30 million a year on a quarterback. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of Cousins, now, the front run, not the front runners, okay, but one of the prime landing spots for Cousins before the Vikings did what they did was the Jets. Yeah, right? they still how, are. Okay, so do you think, how much of how much did, what the Vikings did impact what the Jets are going to have to do with Cousins if they want to get him? Well, I think Cousins, I think, from everything that I've read, Cousin, Cousins wants to go to a team that is successful or had success this past season. And, you know, the Vikings are should be 1A on that list. I mean, you think about it now. Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Bradford are all testing free agency, right? None of those guys. So, technically, the Vikings don't even have a quarterback on the roster right now, right? Yeah. So, they are literally – like, you could tell – that they are legitimately gearing up to offer Kirk Cousins a pretty damn massive contract, right? Because they think that they're a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl, right? Because for all intents and purposes, as good as a season as Case Keenum had, he's not a franchise quarterback. You just it, Cousins is better than not. Keenum. Like, of course, I definitely is. think that too. Um, but you know the, the the problem I think that the Jets run into in a situation like this is that. If you put Kirk Cousins in a, if Kirk Cousins' agent puts him in a room and says, "Hey man, listen, you have two deals on the table. You have forty million plus, you know, a year or whatever the case may be, from the Jets, right? But you could go to oh, New York, and that's and that's not even out of the realm of possibility. No, I, right? So okay, you go could ahead. go play in New York and you could be rich and you could live in New York and 
you know, they have a young core, but it's going to take a couple of years before they before they're playoff ready, right? Because you got to think that he's smart enough to realize if he takes up that much of a if he takes up that much salary that they're not going that, that they'll be able to make one other big move, but not really fill up all the other glaring holes they might need. Who's the other team? The other team. Now let's say okay, on the other side you have the Minnesota Vikings. They're offering you thirty-three million dollars a year. However, if you go there, you could win a Super Bowl next year, and you could be immortalized in Minnesota for a team that's never won a Super Bowl before in in, in their history. And if the agent puts it like that, I think that Cousins, who is was already on a team that was up and down, had a lot of problems inside the locker room, had a crazy owner in Dad Snyder, you know, and had one playoff appearance in the four years that he was there. They went nine and seven. They they got bounced in the first round. I think he would favor Minnesota over the Jets. I don't even think the Broncos are the Jets' biggest competitors. I think it's Minnesota because you you could tell by letting Keenum Bridgewater and Bradford all test free agency that they're all in on Cousins. They they he's the guy they want because they feel like they don't need anybody else in order to win. That's the guy they need. And if that's the team that you're going up against in a bidding war. I don't know if the Jets could win that bidding war. That's the only team I don't think they could win against that bidding war. Personally. I mean, it's it and you and it sucks because like I said, it would be nice to have a quarterback here for the first time ever. But um it's it's tough because I, I probably agree with you that like it is the best fit for him now. It's something that not that it came out of the blue, but it was certainly a little unexpected that all of a sudden you had this other front runner for him. Um some people, including you, Joe, think that like it may be a blessing in disguise for the Jets. I listen. I am so on board with the Jets not signing this guy. I'm I'm sorry. Kirk Cousins, and I keep saying this. I think Kirk Cousins is a top ten quarterback. Okay, I want to start by saying that. However, how many other top ten quarterbacks, all right, have either won a Super Bowl already, or have gone to the playoffs, regardless of what their team is? Yeah, I know. I know. Russell Wilson. Carries a team on his back for three seasons because they don't have an offensive line. Uh, it finally they also had an all-time defense. Yeah, but, yes. but it finally caught up to him this year, right? Yes. Aaron Rodgers masks all the problems that the Packers showed you they had when he got hurt this year. But right? the th- the th- also the thing to remember, and you're right, you are 100% right, but you look at, say, the Jets have a ton of money to spend now, and if they don't spend it on Cousins, that's maybe they could spend it on two top echelon guys, right? On top of whoever else they sign because they have a ton of money to spend. Yeah. Year after that, year after that, are there going to – you know, I haven't looked ahead to the 2019-20 no, free agency class or how how is the draft going to look. But, you know, as a Jet fan, it may not be the most prudent thing in the world, but you still want a quarterback at some point. So let me ask you this. If you don't sign Kirk Cousins, this is what you could potentially have, okay? You could have – now watch this because these aren't going to be sexy names, right? You Jesus. could have Andrew Norwell, who is the top-rated offensive lineman in this year's class, yes. go to the Jets. Yep. Right? Okay? You could have LaMarcus Joyner, who is a cornerback and a safety mm-hmm. from the L.A. Rams, who is a pretty damn good player. They need a safety. Right? Yeah. No, you need a cornerback. need a cornerback, yeah. Okay? You could sign Deion Lewis as a running back to compliment Bilal Powell from the Patriots. Why don't you snag one of those guys from them, okay? And then you could also sign a guy like – you want to sign Aaron Colvin from, the, from, from, from my guys? Because he's not coming back to my team. He's a pretty damn good cornerback too. And oh, 
we actually might have enough money where you could sign Sam Bradford for a year or two. And really quick, hold on a second. You also have the sixth round. You, you also have the sixth overall pick. Right. Where if you really want to, you could draft a Baker Mayfield or a Josh Allen or a Sam Donald or a Josh Rosen because think about it. With those guys, one of those four guys is going to be there at six. So you could still do all of that stuff, and you could still all of your devices are ringing at me. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, you could still do that, and you could actually have a much better team Overall around team. you while you're grooming a rookie quarterback. I think that's the better of the two options. So really quick, is there is there any other uh, major ones you want to talk about today? Obviously, we'll get to this more and more as no, yeah, in a fold. I, I no, mean, we're, Le'Veon we're, Bell, you think he's going to resign with the Steelers? I, well, Ezekiel Lanza and Jarvis Landry they both tagged. got franchise they got, tagged they got by tagged. the teams. I was a little surprised about the Landry tag, honestly. Yeah, um, me too. I was. But the Anza tag, I'm not surprised Which about. sucks because I thought that was the guy that Jets could go after yeah. as well. Um, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you oh, this. Oh, he's, he's so a underrated catch Landry. machine. If the if the Steelers don't sign Le'Veon Bell, they're nuts. They are absolutely that nuts. That might be the worst football move in the past 10 years. Big Ben should retire if they don't sell Le'Veon Bell. This guy, like, listen, does he have his issues? Yes. Okay. Does he like to smoke a lot of weed? Yeah, he does. Okay. But how many NFL players like to smoke a lot of weed? Probably about half. Which is okay. Uh, that would be... He doesn't get suspended for games. He plays. Yeah. So. And he does pretty fucking good when he plays, right? He catches the ball in the backfield. He blocks. He runs as well. This guy is... He'll get... If I'll tell you this much. If he makes it to free agency, Kirk Cousins will be the backstory to Le'Veon Bell. Sure. Because Le'Veon Bell will be the number one free agent in the past five seasons. He will be the biggest guy to go in the next five years. And now you're talking about a running back who could bring a team from here to here because of how much he actually does. I think that there's no way... Didn't shut the sounds off, huh? Yeah, I didn't. I'm sorry. Awesome. Um, Maybe I'm Bell. I, I, I just... <laughs> I, is to answer your question, I don't think the Steelers let him get to free agency. All right, so... They, they better to. not. So um, we're going to return to NFL free agency next week, I guess, because... By next week, free agency will be in full swing, won't it? Isn't it the first? It, no, uh, no. The the so the um, franchise tags have to be done by March sixth. Okay. Fourteen, right? Fourteen. Fourteenth. The March fourteenth is when. That's my anniversary. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's what. It's, it's Thank you. March March fourteenth is when the teams could start actually signing. I believe the time is four p.m. On it's, the fourteenth. On the fourteenth. However, oh, okay. It's you, gonna be mayhem. They could. It was. It last always year. is mayhem. Yeah. Uh, you can talk. The teams could talk to the free agents, I believe, like a week before they could sign. And they could, quote-unquote, have a deal in place before the 14th is done. So, like, you'll hear reports, like, on March 11th, March 12th, that this guy's going to go here. But they can't officially sign Which is so – I'm sorry. I just think it's stupid to do Well, that. it's because the 14th is the official start of the NFL. I of understand the year, that. So. But then uh, – anyway. Um, so we're going to keep an eye on that. So Okay, so we'll have time to talk about more free agency stuff as it, as it comes along. It gets, as the next two weeks come closer and closer, we'll get more of that done. Um uh, let's mention some headlines out of spring training a little bit right now. Um, a couple of them, uh, guys, Noah Syndergaard took his shirt off two days ago. <laughs> Looked awesome. Um, Do you hear what he said, man? Pitched like, awesome. Oh. Looked it was great. effortless. They threw 100 miles an hour. Let's talk awesome. about the positive. We're tr- this 2018, no matter how bad they are or good they are, let's try to stay positive right now. He looked great. That's great. Okay? For the most part so far – Okay, the pitching staff hasn't looked that bad. I know Matt's got lit up in the second inning. I understand that. It was his first start since surgery. Other than that, it hasn't been bad. Now, I know DeGrom 
might not make opening day now. Then, but they, th- they actually, I just read a report. They're not sure. He might. He actually is like 60-40 to make opening day. I feel as if I'm losing you here. No, you're, not you're okay. Me. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I think it's early, guys. It's still really. I get early. that it's early, but it's Mets early. We're talking about no. Like, they started spring training early this year. So. We're talking about the same issues again, like guys getting hurt and this and that and oh, we. But it's every team. We did. It's every team. So let's let's so let's go. You're here. So let's let's do the Yankees. Rob's not here. Uh, have the Yankees lost the game yet? No, they actually uh, haven't. Were they five and zero or something like that? Nothing. I understand that. No, I know, I know, nothing. I know. But early on, how do you think everyone's looked from what you saw? From who has really like well uh, played so far? I guess like the biggest one that would stand out right now is uh, Miguel and and Duhar. I'm saying is right. And Duhar. And Duhar. And Duhar. Did he hit the walk off home run yesterday? The game or two days ago? Yeah, and he hit yeah. another home run today. And um, yeah, I mean when he well his bat isn't his problem because when he came up last year, all he did was hit. I think he hit like over 400. Well, they have enough. His I, defense is his question. And um, I mean, are they really sticking out? Need right another now? hitter? Yeah, right. Hey. Fucking rich get richer. No, listen. You, when you're talking you about, need pitching and defense, though, right? To exactly. solidify this thing. And but it, but you still need to fill two positions. This you're is right. Position for second and third base. Not just don't one. talk to me about filling positions, okay? I don't want to talk to Yankee fans that are filling positions, Joe. Right? No, please, please. I don't want. To, I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> You guys will be all right. Yeah, you'll be fine. You win 95 Let's games. talk about one thing. You should win 100. I want, I want to just mention, I want to go around the three of us, and I want to spend just a minute each on this right here. Um, so I know uh, Cal, I almost said Terry Collins. Holy shit. Mickey Calloway <laughs> has talked about batting Cespedes second because he feels that is sort of the trend of what's going on in baseball and the recent MVPs especially have all batted second. Uh, maybe we think Cespedes shouldn't be there, should be there. I want to talk on a larger scale. Do you think probably your best hitter – should be batting second in your lineup is let's no, go let's start with you first. I'm I'm I don't know if I'm old school or whatever, but no I don't I don't like it. I don't, what about the idea I, of I getting him another bat? I, I understand that, but it just you know baseball was the way it was for a long time, and that's the way I grew up. And not that I'm naive and, or don't like change, but seeing a guy who you know is not going to sacrifice a guy over should not in a sacrifice spot traditionally this, yeah traditionally for almost how many years of baseball it's just something that i just it's not my fan of i'm not i wasn't a fan of judge hitting the two hole mm-hmm. i'm not i wasn't a fan of Stanton. but when you have the other monster batting third i think it's okay no in the i mean you still <laughs> you still have nine nine offensive spots to fill in. Wish you guys Joe, could what see you joe's face <laughs> what are you shaking at are the you yankees what are you shaking are you your kidding me for? you're really like having an argument over oh judge you from going back to i'm sorry oh, we're gonna stand back fuck <laughs> You think? I'm sorry. I just when you yell like that, it's just too much. Ridiculous. Joe, let me ask you a question. Real quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your no, thought. No, all I'm question. saying is, do you what? Do you think the Yankees won the World Series already? Like, what is it? All I'm saying is, there's a reason I hate. I hate. <laughs> I'm not getting this argument started no, right now. What I want to ask you is, I want you. I want to ask you more specifically from a Mets perspective. Mm. Should Cespedes be batting second? Well, you look at the lineup that the Mets are going to have on opening day, and you you hope. Well, right. yeah, right. You hope, <laughs> and the the missing. I don't know if they should do it right away because you're not going to have Conforto start. Conforto at the beginning of the year. Now, if you want to do it because you want to get Cespedes comfortable in that position, mm-hmm. I kind of get that. But think about it: when Conforto comes back, they're going to try to back Conforto leadoff, which I'm totally against. I'm, I honestly, with in my, I'm going to let you finish. But while I remember, 
if everyone is healthy and when Conforto is playing, I as I don't like this particularly the best traditionally, but from a Mets perspective, I would put Conforto second. Because I think if you Yeah, if, I like Conforto better if, in the second spot. If you're gonna if you are convinced in the fact that Rosario is gonna be our leadoff hitter, put him leadoff, put Conforto second, and have Cespedes protect Conforto. Because I understand that Cespedes is the is the is the driver of this whole engine, but Conforto can carry you just as much, I honestly think. Well, if he's healthy and playing. Well, this would be the Mets opening day lineup without Conforto. This is this is projected by MLB.com. Cabrera, Cespedes, Bruce, Frazier, Agon, Travis Darno, Lagares, and Rosario. That's their opening day projection. That's kind of poopy. It, yeah, of course it's fucking poopy. That's what I've been talking about for the past month and a half. Well, they've been also not playing right now. Stop it. Relax yourself. Stop and it. if everyone stays healthy, they got a pretty damn good starting rotation and a pretty damn good bullpen, in my opinion. Stop it. Stop Fine. It. Fine. They're a good team. All right. So that's that's kind of locally what's going on. Uh, Don't forget about Tim Lincecum. He signed with the Rangers. That's true. I is that, forgot is that, to mention is that Tim a big Lincecum. deal? We talk, is that a big deal? It used to be a big deal. Poor guy. It's It's... <laughs> It's a it's a reliever position. So um, Otani pitched and hit so far. Yes, uh, actually an RBI single yes. in the first game. And he's pitching. You mentioned it, Izzy, and I noticed. I saw the highlights. A lot of downward movement and stuff that you don't see a lot yeah, with these Japanese pitches. Tall, downward he, he movement. He pitches tall, so he comes up from way above. But I mean, like I said, it's first first week. No, we're just we're, you know they we're just feeling themselves out. Yeah. Honestly, you really can't take it's that. So much into hard it. to it's so hard to judge anything because even if the guy. Even if the guy has, I mean, at this point in spring training, like, what are we working on here? We're working on location, 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 and I don't know. It's just, well, it's hard to judge anything right now. Speaking of location, we talked about this when it happened, but um, Syndergaard hit 100 miles an hour like nine times or Which so, right? Which I think to me, I know this sounds stupid, but I think it's a negative. Uh, I, I honestly think it's a result of a couple of things. If if he really believes it's effortless, I don't really believe that. But if he does. As long as he's not putting strain on stuff, that's one thing. It's Two, it's also it's warm in Florida. I'm telling you right now, I play baseball, I watch baseball, I love baseball. 100 miles per hour on the human elbow. I yeah. don't care if his hair doesn't move. It's not. It doesn't mean it's not effortless. His elbow is putting being pushed to its max effort at 100 miles per hour. And to be throwing 100 miles per hour Which he doesn't need February to be doing. fucking 25th, yeah. you would think this team, you know – we try to talk to him or something because he's so stubborn, and I get it. He's this big, you know, he's Thor. I get it. But well, 100 miles an hour in February 25th. I'm with it's you. Stupid. I'm with you. He hasn't had any elbow problems yet it's so stupid. far, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the key obviously is health, but that's always the key. Well, with the Mets, it's like they need a fucking hospital. Next I'm not letting you do this. I'm not letting you bring down the energy. I'm not letting you do it. Let's do shifties. Oh, I got a good one today. I'm very happy with my shifty. Go ahead. You ready? Yeah. My shifty. Goes to drum roll. Say it. The FBI. The FBI. Yeah. The FBI. Yeah. Double A. Yup. There we go. <laughs> this corrupt crooks motherfucking system <laughs> is finally being brought to light, and I absolutely love it. Did you see the Sean Miller thing on Arizona? Why don't you sum it up first? Yo. This guy literally bribed this DeAndre Ayton's family $100,000 to come play for his team. What? What? A hundred k to come play college basketball? And yet we'll hear about amateurism. Yo. And we'll hear about there's no money. What is the point of this fucking guy? Yo, if I'm DeAndre Ayton, you know what I'm doing? I'm being like, bro, I'll go to your school. 
I don't gotta go to class because you just gave me a hundred grand and I'm going to the NBA the following year. So what's the goddamn point of going to class? I am oh, I'm sorry. And that also guarantees that my scores are being fabricated by the nerds that they're given. If you ever watch Blue Mountain State, you get that reference. <laughs> they're given nerds, and they basically do all their homework and do their tests for them. This is a <clears throat> joke, and the fact that these guys aren't getting paid is ridiculous in every sense of the word, and the NCAA should be ashamed of themselves that this is going on, and in football, it's going to happen next. The NCAA is a bunch of pieces of shit, and they should all be taken out back like easy. Was, and, oh my god, I can't stand it. But thank God the FBI finally did something, and this probe brought to light what was going on. It's so funny that you're saying that your shifty is the FBI because that's not something that I ever thought would hear any of us say. That's something in government is 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 your shifty for the week. And my shifty is another guy that will never ever be a shifty again. Actually, my shifty is a couple of people. Mm-hmm. I want I want to get two out of the way because we didn't sum up the Olympics today mm. what my first shifty my two group shifties one is the uh u.s women's national hockey team who brought a gold home blame canada because they got it done against canada Woo! in a huge game it was the <laughs> filthiest shootout goal i've ever seen nhl peewee it doesn't matter it That's was an absolutely insane goal uh second is the u.s men's national curling team who Woo! brought home their first ever gold awesome <laughs> fucking love curling <laughs> Did you see that the Simpsons uh, actually predicted that one too? They predict everything. They predict did you everything. see that though? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was kind of wild. All right, so that, that's my first two. I'm going to get those out of the way. But my real shifty, I, I mentioned it before a little bit, I will never, ever, ever, unless something – unless John Tavares comes here in the offseason, I will never say this again, but my shifty is Jim Dolan. Jim Dolan. This process needed to happen. He's the one that said we have to do this, and he pulled the trigger. Again – Again, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's something that we knew needed to happen now, and he's the reason why it happened. So I have to get out to him for suggesting that the Rangers go on rebuild, and that's where we are at the moment. And we are at February 27th, 2018. Uh, and that's pretty much it for us this week, I think. Listen, hey, uh, listen uh, the next time we're going to do a show is probably going to be around March 6th or 7th, and that will be the beginning of the cusp of the NCAA tournament. So I think that our next show should pretty much cover a lot of college basketball and what – I don't know the exact day the brackets are coming out, but when they do, we're going to have a college basketball special. So please uh, stay posted for that. We will be tweeting about it, and we'll be putting stuff on Instagram about the college basketball special. And guess what? Joe's going to actually do some work. He's going to actually do some of this instead of just saying we're going to do it. He's no, going to do some of it. No. I, and Listen, college basketball comes around. That, that's my time. Once man, this is how we do it, even if they all get fucking paid. I am saying this right now. I think what you're saying is great. I would love to do one, and I think that's where we should be headed on uh, next time. So we want to thank everyone for spending um, some time listening to us. I uh, really appreciate all the support you guys give us. Uh, please let us know what do you like us to talk about, what do you think we missed, whether you agree or disagree with anything. Uh, we had a lot of fun this week. I had a lot of fun doing this show. I had a lot of fun. I'm trying to be positive right now. And you're making fun of me. It was a good show, wasn't it? It was a great show. I think we had a great time. time. Izzy, thank you for joining in. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, so please hit us up on social media at Against the Shift on Instagram, Twitter, and we are on Facebook as well. Uh, make sure to get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you want. So um, take care, guys. Have a great week. Go Jags.